0: Hey guys, it's Kira from
1: KiraWilliamsFitness.com, and I have the pleasure of bringing you guys my friend Ashley Nuts. She is a functional nutritional therapy practitioner and a personal trainer. And today we are going to be talking about digestive health and the how important it is um, for for fat loss for fitness, for muscle building, for overall health, and just feeling great. So welcome, Ashley. Thank you for being on.
0: Thank you for having me. And um, can
1: you tell the audience just briefly what it is, what a functional nutritional therapy practitioner is, and how you got started in that field?
0: Yeah, so my journey started about seven years ago. Um, Much like everyone else, I wanted to lose weight. Um and I ended up losing a lot of weight but getting kind of sick. Like I get I would get every cold that came through so I knew that there was more to the story. Um and at the same time I was actually managing a chiropractic office and my doctor was like, You just, you know, go find a certification um, to kind of learn more about nutrition. So I found the Nutritional Therapy Association, which was a nine month course um, that basically was based on bioindividual nutrition and saw in foundations. Um so it blew my mind uh, with the physiology behind, you know, how we break down foods. Um, so NTA really wanted you to understand not just what to eat, but how it works within your body. And it was it honestly could have been a two year program with how much information they had in there. And we had three in-person workshops where they taught us a functional evaluation, which was really cool because I could basically um, lingual neural test supplements on people to see if it helps them or not. So. Um, after that, I just, I got right into practice and started teaching group classes and working one-on-one with clients, um, where then I started getting into movement and got my personal training certification and have been doing it ever since. That's amazing.
1: And did you manage to heal yourself too in the process? Yes,
0: I I really did. I actually was a vegetarian when I started NTA, and within a month or two, I was just, you know, digesting the information that they gave me, and was like, you know, animal sources are a good source of <laughs> energy or a good source of nutrients, so I'm going to go back to it. So I introduced meat back into my diet along with uh, other, you know, certain foods that they were recommending, and my health has been, my weight has stayed the same ever since I I did NTA, um, and I've just been improving every single year. It's been amazing.
1: That's so incredible. I love hearing that. And for those of you guys who are listening. Definitely follow Ashley on Instagram. You can see, um, I never knew that you were a vegetarian. So that's super yes. interesting because a lot of her posts, you know, she does discuss the importance of eating meat in different ways. Like I just watched a video of you making um, chicken thighs. Yes. Um, so what's your Instagram, by the way, so everybody can go
0: follow you. So it's Ashley Knott's NTP, definitely go follow her you guys she's got tons of
1: great info that she's sharing on there um so let's dive into the digestive system um Mm -hmm. can you like can you briefly describe the digestive system i feel like that's such a like that's such a difficult ask um but you know a general
0: explanation of what the digestive system is and how it works totally so basically um you know our it's our gut, our gastrointestinal tract, and it's a long tube responsible for consuming and digesting the food that we eat. So food enters, nutrients are extracted, and what's left over is eliminated. I I had a friend that would say they would just eat the food and then would come out the other side. And I'm like, yeah, that's one way to look at it. But um, there is a lot of little processes within that that are so important for our overall health. In fact, you know, when I first started, like I said, nutritional therapy, I just was this digestion became my passion because We are always told we are what we eat, but we are definitely more so what we absorb. So Mm. that is, that was so profound on my healing journey because I know so many people who are eating all the right foods, but still not really getting the benefit. And a lot of it comes down to this. So what I always like to tell clients is that our digestive system is like our GPS. Um, and that is, it's, it's basically our guide. It's our director, you know, in, in wherever we go on our healing journey. Um, but GPS also stands for the three major organs involved in digestion. So gallbladder, pancreas and stomach. Um, those three main organs are responsible for our digestive system. Um, so as long as those are you know, working optimally, our digestive system will be happy on top of our microbiome, which is has hundreds, trillions of organisms in it that still we don't really fully comprehend yet. But um, but overall, our digestive system is our GPS.
1: It. And I'm sure that we'll get more into the roles and of the gallbladder, the pancreas and the stomach, you know, as this, as we continue yeah. on this um, interview, but in um, what happens when those things aren't working properly too. Yeah. Um, but let's go ahead and roll along. Um, so why is digestion um, so important for our metabolic health and what role does it play in our metabolic health?
0: So the microbiome has been identified as a potential contributor to metabolic disease. Um, So the exact mechanisms aren't understood yet. And that is my roommate's dog, Arrow, who says, hello, (laughs) if you heard him bark. hello, Arrow. (laughs) He's barking at someone at the door. But um, so that microbiome has like a very intricate relationship with insulin sensitivity and glucose management. Um, And that plays a major role um, in our metabolic health. Like our body every single day, every moment of the day is trying to find a stable blood sugar. That is its number one priority. Right. So um, if we it it comes down to the foods that we're eating, again, that plays a major role in our blood sugar. But again, if we aren't digesting those foods appropriately, then it even more so affects our metabolic health, which leads to. a a myriad of symptoms, um, could be fatigue, could be, you know, weight gain. It can be brain fog. It could be, you know, depression, all of these things. Um, and then also it just, there's, there's another part of it too where even when our, we have like intestinal inflammation, there have been studies that show like a re a release of LPS, um, which basically just creates havoc on the body too, which also shows, um, like a decrease in metabolic health, just because of that insulin, Uh, receptor insulin is one of the major players when it comes to uh, metabolic health
1: oh yes what is um
0: what is lps so that is lipopolysaccharides oh okay and those are endotoxins that basically create like a lot of inflammation um in the body that wreak havoc all over interesting okay yeah
1: um and so i mean obviously if we want to be able to, um, you know, like have optimal health and, mm-hmm. you know, achieve our goals, whether, you know, it's like, like I, a lot of my, a lot of the people who follow me, um, are looking for physique change. So usually fat loss, muscle gain. Um, these things are super important.
0: Yes. Um, our metabolic health is like the, it's like key there. Yes. Yeah. We, if we optimize that one process, I mean, life changes after that, you know. Um, cause like I said, it's, it's what our body's trying to regulate every moment of the day, because you can't have too low of blood sugar or too high of a blood sugar. Like you'll, you'll pass out or you can die. It can be very dangerous. So, um, that's why if we optimize our, you know, our blood sugar regulation, that is, but it works in a foundation. So, um, the NTA taught me everything is based upon a nutrient dense whole food diet. And then you have the foundations of health and digestion is the first one. And I would even put like a little asterisk of mental health kind of being with digestion there. So mental health and digestion. And then right after digestion is blood sugar regulation. So those two are like the major foundations of health that we should start with, especially with nutrition or any type of body comp changes. And honestly, this is why.
1: So I'm starting a 12 week program Mm -hmm. and. I'm going to include this interview in that. And this is one of the very first modules because we're not going to skip to counting macros until we have talked about and, you know, started creating awareness and starting working on our digestive health. Like, yes, it's absolutely foundational. Absolutely. So what um, what role does digestion play in
0: hormone function? So. A huge role. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's it's just it's kind of uh, full circle. So like the endocrine system controls the release of hormones and enzymes required for digestion of food in the digestive tract. So we need hormones to secrete to basically to digest our foods. Right. But if we, you know, if if digestion isn't supported, then we aren't and we aren't eating the right things to support our hormones. And then the the right hormones aren't getting secreted. And then we get into this, you know, very um, disease cycle of dysfunction. Um, But basically, so, for example, one of the important factors under hormonal control is stomach acid. Right. So during the gastric phase, the hormone gastrin is secreted. Um, and we really need that to get our stomach to a super acidic tank. Like everyone thinks stomach acid is bad, right? But it's in fact, the one of the number one things we need for digestion. Um, it's even for, um, you know, basically like immune health. So if we want to, if we want to have a strong immune system, the number one defense we have against pathogens is our stomach acid. Um, uh, but we need a hormone. We need gastrin to be secreted in order for us to have that response, um, So if we don't, if we aren't, if we don't have that, if we we don't have and it comes from basically the walls of our stomach. So if we don't have the integrity of our stomach there and that could be um, hindered from excess alcohol, stress, too many, you know, refined carbohydrates, processed foods, um, then we don't get enough you know, to digest our food and it just creates a cascade effect. Um, So hormones are very important. uh, But eating foods to support the balance of those hormones are even more important. And I would even add that, um, you know, enzymes are even more important because enzymes are basically what, you know, make hormones happen. So there's so many things, uh, with digestion, but they play a major role. So, and we can support them through, you know, basically just getting our stress levels intact, um, making sure we're eating the right foods to support that environment. Um, you know, even so for the acid tank, like, if we don't have, I have a lot of times tell people not to drink while they're eating these meals because it will decrease their stomach acid. So just little things like that.
1: Interesting. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. And then, well, how, how, so we've talked about, you know, how hormones help the digestive system, but like what if something is wrong, you know, going on with our, I shouldn't say wrong, but if something is like going on with our digestive system, how can
0: that, what role does that play? other hormone function. I love that question. Yeah, so when so say we have a hormone imbalance, um say we have excess cortisol, um which is produced by the adrenals. So we're in this really stressed state. Um anytime that we that happens, stress slows down our meta, our metabolism basically, specifically with our thyroid. So if we have an excess um in our stress hormones, it will slow down our thyroid function. Um, and when thyroid or metabolism is suppressed, the body isn't able to convert T4 to T3. Um, so it just creates a sluggish thyroid, which a lot of people struggle with, especially when it comes to body comp changes. Um, cortisol also impacts other organs like our liver, which already has 500 different jobs that it's doing on a regular basis. So um, if we have like too many, you know, too excess cortisol there, the liver takes a big hit. And the liver is, you know, still helpful in digestion as well because it helps the gallbladder. Um, it actually makes bile for the gallbladder to be secreted to digest fat. So if we don't have an optimal functioning liver, then we don't have, you know, opt- optimal functioning bile coming from the gallbladder. And then we get maldigested fat And that's never a good time. <laughs> um so, yeah, and that's why this kind of brings up the topic in my brain, too, about keto. A lot of people think that just eating keto and just eating fat is like the number one way that they're going to be healthy and live a healthier life. But how are you digesting those fats is my biggest question. You know, um, so having all of these excess hormones or having dysregulated hormones can cause, you know, stress and just basically hypofunctioning of really important, you know, organs like our liver and gallbladder that prevent us from really optimi- digesting our foods optimally on, um, these diets. So w- since, you know, we're covering
1: our metabolic health, we're, com- um, covering the hormone function, mm-hmm. I also want to briefly touch on brain function too, because I mean, the digestive system is like, it, it literally impacts every single aspect of our body. And I think we're kind of driving that point home by talking about all of this, which is good. Yes. yes. Um, but what role does
0: digestion play in brain function? Oh, the biggest role. <laughs> so digestion actually starts when I always ask people, where, where does digestion start? They say in the mouth. And I'm like, nope, actually it starts in the brain. So the brain is the control center for sensation of hunger and satiety. But it starts our digestive process. Um, so. If we are in a parasympathetic state, which are is our relaxed and digest state, then we're in the sympathetic mode, and our body isn't isn't really able to digest as well as it could if it's in that parasympathetic state. If not at all, um, so basically, when we're in that parasympathetic state, and it's kind of like when you are at Thanksgiving, right? It's right around the corner. Um, you can smell. You're with your family. You're in this very relaxed, you know, environment, and you have You can smell the food cooking and you have that saliva start. Um, That's the start of our digestive system. So without that, your digestion is already compromised (laughs) if you don't have that. Um, So I would say brain plays the biggest role in digestive health. Um, And we do have a separate nervous system that, in fact, connects our brain to our gut. Um, And this is why the status of our gut plays a major role with our mental health. You know, it's not just woo woo. People are kind of like, well, it doesn't matter. What I eat doesn't really play a role in, you know, my depression. And I'm like, actually, there have been studies that show if someone is missing certain strains of bacteria due to, you know, maybe eating a diet that's not that high in, in refined foods and processed foods, that they are more um uh, they are more likely to have depression than someone with these certain strains of bacteria in their gut. So. The brain plays a
1: huge role. And also, I mean, so, like, you know, when we're feeling really good, um, you know, it, we're eating well,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: we're, like, we're really motivated to go to the gym and, um, you know, do all of, like, our healthy habits that we want to do. Yeah. And it's like a snowball effect because then it's like, oh, well, I'm in this, like, really good, happy place. I want to go to the gym. I'm motivated to, like meal prep and do all this stuff and then you eat better and you know because you're motivated to meal prep (laughs) and it's this awesome snowball effect but then it also can go the other way too which is unfortunate and i
0: Um, think a lot of that is with the shame that we have around eating um because we always even if it's good or bad like we always kind of have the second thought when it comes to food. So I always love to tell people this restart rule of a class that I teach, whatever I eat, I choose it consciously. I enjoy it thoroughly and I let it go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good, you know, like good and bad. Good and bad. Yeah. Cause we tend to like ruminate over the meals that we eat. Um And because mental health, or because our brain plays such a significant role just by, Acknowledging what you ate, enjoying it, acknowledging that you chose it and letting it go, I feel like it gives you, your body, so much time to kind of actually process it the way it needs to be, you know?
1: And That's – I mean, you know, I always try and, you know, like kind of talk to my clients about certain things like that when they're feeling guilty over eating something. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, you know – you just like, let's move along. Like there is no reason to necessarily feel guilty over it. Like recognize how it made you feel and kind of create some awareness around that. And so that way you can move forward, you know, having that like, okay, so I, I ate ice cream. Ice cream doesn't make me like, so for me personally, ice cream does not make me feel very good. And so yeah. it's like, okay, well, I ate the ice cream. There's nothing wrong with that. I just don't right. feel like really great right now. And that's cool too. And the next time, you know, ice cream is presented in front of me, it kind of makes me go like, oh, I remember the last time I ate that and I didn't feel really that, feel really great from it. So maybe I won't eat it this time. Yeah. Um, or find but- a different option. Right. But I've never really had it. I've never had anybody say it the way that you just phrased it. So I think that that's really interesting.
0: Yeah, because we are ultimately in control of what we want to eat. You know, like we that's one thing that we are all fortunate to have that choice over. You know, we all have other responsibilities that we have to do. We have work, we have we have partners, we have kids, like we have all of these things that we have to do that are kind of out of our control. But what we eat is fully within our control. So I think just realizing, you know, whatever I eat, I chose it, I enjoyed it, and I let it go, or saying even I chose that, I enjoyed it, it made me feel shitty, but I'm still letting it go because I'm not defined by the choices of food that I eat, but there are certain choices that make me feel good, there are certain choices that don't make me feel great, but either way, I'm not going to sit here and ruminate about it, I'm going to let it go, I think that's one of the biggest, I had a woman who was struggling for about 50 years with with food, and she did one of my classes, and she in fact didn't change her food too much. She literally just started using that rule after every meal, and she said that the freedom that she felt around food had it. She cried because she had never felt she always felt so guilty after she would eat, um, and that no doubt is riddled from you know our mothers and mothers' mothers from years of you know kind of uh, restrictive eating. Um, um, so just removing that and and even using it, like I said, with healthy food because sometimes we feel restricted even in good foods that are supportive with us because we feel like we're not we don't have you know options to something else. So using it even with foods that support us in foods that maybe aren't as supportive is is important.
1: And okay, so you mentioned that this is a class that you run.
0: Yeah, so it's called the Restart Program. I'm actually a community leader for this program. It was created by another NTP, Jenny Hall. It's basically you buy the licensing agreement to use um this mark the material. So I used that right after I got certified because I love working one-on-one with people, but I love working in groups even more. Um, so it's a five-week whole food program where we go over basically a, a whole food challenge we call it, and then um we go over the foundations of the body. So the first week is all about prep. Second week is about digestion. Third week is about blood sugar regulation. Fourth week is fatty acids. And then the fifth week, I give them tools on how to incorporate foods back in um, when they want to do that. Um, because ultimately, you know, if we can't have a certain food, it's just some one form of gut dysfunction. But hopefully, you know, um, they have healed a little bit so we can kind of see if certain foods still react to them or not and how to go from there. Awesome. Yeah. Um, how often do you run that class? I run it about, so it kind of varies. I used to run it four times a year, but now it's about twice a year that okay. I do it. Yeah.
1: And obviously you'll, you'll post about that on your Instagram when you, yes. you offer it again.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm actually, cause it's the holiday season. So it's actually a good time to do this class because, you know, the, the program is more of just keeping people accountable and having a group to talk with. You know, it's really not about removing, like they, they can remove certain foods, but it's really, like I said, about that mental aspect of, whatever I eat, I choose it consciously, enjoy it thoroughly. And then just being educated around why we're eating these foods versus just don't eat that or don't do this. I hate that. <laughs> you know, I, I like to explain to people, you know, why exactly are we eating these foods? So we go over, you know, how it support, certain foods support your digestive system, how it supports your blood sugar. So um, I think my next class will probably be, it might be in probably in December
1: Okay. Yeah. All right. So, y'all, for y'all listening, it's November, twenty twenty one. So, if you're listening to this in like twenty twenty three, um, just follow Ashley on Instagram, and you'll see her post about it. Yeah. In case you're interested
0: in the class. Yeah, I would love to have anybody that's interested.
1: Um. All right. So let's kind of get more into like a little bit of the nitty, nitty gritty. Um. Okay. What are some things that we can consume, um, food wise? Um, that will support our digestive systems. So
0: the digestive system can be highly functioning and work to support us. Okay. Yeah. So one thing with whatever it is that you are consuming, I just want to say the best thing that we can do to support our digestive system is chew our food as thoroughly as possible. So it's important to be in a parasympathetic state when we eat, which means relaxed. But if we can't always get into that state, then chewing our food to absolute mush will save y'all so much time and so much money. <laughs> um, I often have people just focus on chewing their foods before I ever give them a supplement or anything like that. Because if I can't, I always tell people, your, you know, your stomach doesn't have teeth. <laughs> so what doesn't get chewed up here will not get chewed down there. <laughs> um, but some really digestive supporting things. One of my favorites is actually something called uh, beet kvass. But if you want to start with just regular beets, Beets are a phenomenal food for your gallbladder. They really help with making good bile, which is really important for digesting fats. So beets, if you saute them up with some butter, even better. Um, If you can't have butter, you know, you can have ghee or, you know, coconut oil or olive oil is totally fine, too. Um, But it's really helpful for our gallbladders and livers, actually. Um, so beets would be one. Uh, bone broth is another one. It's just it's it's super it's super healing and it's super restorative and it's it's already a liquid. So it's it's really good, especially if you're looking for ways to kind of, um, you know, just have like a midday versus coffee. It's, I think it's a really good thing midday to just have some bone broth gives you some nourishment um, and some uh, it's really relaxing to have a have bone broth with some salt and pepper if you want. Um, and then other than that, that you can help your digestive system. I would say just eating, you know, just balanced meals, you know, with your proteins, carbs and fat, nutrient dense carbs and fats every single day is probably one of the best things to support your digestive system as well. Um, you know, foods that are close to the ground as possible um, is is my favorite. So meats, you know, all your all your vegetables, all your root vegetables. Um, I usually recommend like one protein, one fat, two to three nutrient dense carbs, two to three times a day. That you can always vary it, but if you have that minimum there, your your organs and your brain will be very happy. <laughs> Excellent. And then,
1: are there any, any any foods that you would say like to consume less of? And not not that there should be guilt involved in that, but just a few that seem to be more more just not not so great for our digestive systems.
0: Yeah, the three biggest offenders I would say for your digestive systems are processed foods, um, PUFAs, polyunsaturated fatty acids or any, uh, you know, fine, uh, seed oils and then alcohol. Um, so processed foods, just super refined foods. They usually use really terrible salt, um, riddled with sugar and gluten. Um, you know, processed foods, they do good for our, for our flavor or for our, um, you know, for our enjoyment, but they don't really support the body in any way. So I would limit those as much as possible. And then the PUFAs, so basically your refined seed oils, canola, soy, cotton seed, those are so toxic for our health. I would say those are worse than the sugar because we can't even process those out of our body. It gets stuck in, into, our, into our liver, congests our liver, into our adipose tissue. You know, it, it causes a lot of inflammation and it's just it's really hard for our body to get out once you put it in. So, um, that And unfortunately, those are what every single restaurant out there uses to fry all of their foods in. Um, I could have a, probably a whole hour talk on canola oil. If anybody wants to see why canola oil is bad, just look up how it's made. <laughs> um, and it's YouTube. It's like an eight-minute video, but they refine it so much, they dye it, they bleach it, that it's basically a trace of oil, and everything else is just so that it stays shelf stable and it has a high smoke point which is why restaurants use it but it has nothing it does nothing for our health (laughs) um and they used to say canola oil was actually better for you than butter which is an absolute lie
1: oh no they're still saying that
0: oh Um, my gosh
1: so i'm in a nutrition class currently um at hillsborough community college Mm -hmm. i'm going back and taking some just um undergrad courses and I mean, it's going by what the FDA and what's the other—not the EPA, the other big one. Um. um anyway. Yeah. Um. Going by, you know, like my plate. If you go by my plate. The CDC. The, yes, CDC. Thank yes. you. Yes. Um. Oh yeah. It is still like eat less butter and eat more canola oil. Wow. Or, um, polyunsaturated fats and eat less eat less saturated fat but eat
0: polyunsaturated i'm not kidding it's like still in there it's interesting because when it comes to polyunsaturated fatty acids are an essential fatty that we need so we need omega-3s and omega-6s but then when you process them to all hell (laughs) they don't become useful to us at all (laughs) and that's the only way that you're getting them in the market like you're not getting unrefined canola oil. Like right? and no one even knows what a canola is. So I always ask people, you know what it is? And they're like, No, I have no idea. And I'm like, then why are we eating it? <laughs> so yeah, those are I, I remember too, my my girlfriend she worked at a restaurant, and uh someone complained because they were using tallow to fry their fries in. And, and Ooh, that sounds delicious. <laughs> right? And the woman that ordered it was pissed because she was a vegetarian, and she didn't know that they fried it in tallow. And so she told management, and then I don't know if they had a, plenty of people complain about that, but they ended up going to canola oil. And, and it was a farm-to-table place frying their fries in canola oil. I'm like, listen— do you grow canola? Do you grow? Do you grow those seeds? Like, I don't think so. Like it, if you're going to a farm to table, you want your fries fried in, in tallow or lard because it comes from the farm, you know, but they got rid of it. And I'm like, no. <laughs> so, yeah, so refined canola oil, um, soybean, cotton seed, honestly, probably the worst things for your health. Um, they just like I said, they create free radicals in our body and they in our body can't process them out. So um, avoiding those as much as you can or using the restart rule, whatever I eat, I choose to consciously enjoy it thoroughly and let it go when you do eat it is probably what I recommend with those. And then alcohol, obviously love it, you know, but if we drink it consistently, it just stresses our liver out and our liver is already responsible for so many things, um, especially with blood sugar regulation and metabolic health that in um, thyroid health, I mean, everything. So I would I would avoid that. Um, if you're trying to heal, I would put a limit on that for sure too.
1: And then, um, what are some really great things that we can, that we can basically consume or put ourselves around, um, kind of like create our own environment, um, that are going to be really healing for our digestion?
0: Yeah. So there's tons of things that we can do in our environment. So sitting on the ground has been really helpful for, um, getting to that parasympathetic state. You know, a lot of times we're sitting in really high chairs, we're not really connected with the earth, um, but reconnecting with the with the ground is one of the best ways. So like if you can sit on the ground and have a small table there and eat that you know, granted if you don't have a dog that will take your food from you, but um that is something that I find pretty helpful for clients. Um that and, and finding ways to stimulate the vagus nerve is pretty helpful because I understand that we can't really be relaxed in every single environment that we are in but we can hack our nervous system to get into that parasympathetic state so if your environment is stressful i recommend you go behind your ears with both of your hands there's a bone that protrudes out you go down to the bottom of that bone and there's like a meaty little tendon that you can feel and if you put your index finger on that and palpate it lightly and take three deep breaths in that's really helpful for getting into that parasympathetic state And I actually recommend people doing that before their meals um, to help get them into that relaxed, digest, healing state. Um, Another thing is you can kind of uh, put your thumbs in your hands and wrap your fingers around your thumbs. If you see babies do that, that's another way we can kind of get into that parasympathetic state. Um, Yeah. And those are just a few things that I think are that we can do in our in our environment to kind of help us. Um, but even another thing would be after you walk, after you eat, going for a walk is really great for insulin sensitivity. Um, so I always recommend people do that. Um, and, yeah, you know, the whole, what you were talking
1: about with, like, putting your hand, your fingers behind your ears. I was literally doing that as you were saying it because I'm like, what is she talking about? I have never heard of this before.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's <laughs> really nice. It, yeah. It, it's almost instant. Right? That's that's such a cool trick. Yeah, my mentor, an old mentor of mine taught me that from NTA. He was the Vegas nerve master.
1: So, you know. Trying to get, you know, hanging out in that parasympathetic state more often is usually helpful. I I follow a guy. um, His name is Ben Pakulski. He's he's here in Tampa, um, but he's a huge bodybuilder. Um, But he's, like, turning into, you know, far more holistic health these days. And, you know, he talks about... Being in the gym, and he's a bodybuilder, so like his whole gig is like trying to build as much muscle as possible and help others build as much muscle as poss- possible. Mm-hmm. Um, he says the gym is like the time to be in a sympathetic state and you want to qu- as quickly as possible get out of that sympathetic
0: state as soon yep. as you are done training. Yes. Yeah, and that, and stimulating the vagus nerve is one of the, one of the ways that you can do that. He always says, you know, just
1: to, like, kind of basically do, you know, for those of you guys who do yoga, do shavasana, like, immediately, mm-hmm. like, you're done working out. Like, one of my favorite things is, like, you know, Ashley and I do CrossFit together. Like, mm-hmm. like you're, like, at the end of a met con, you throw the barbell down, and you just throw your body onto the ground, and you just yes. lay there staring at the ceiling, and it's, like... I mean, part of you is you're doing that because you're, like, dead, but also, I mean, it calms you down. Yes,
0: yeah. And if you were to do some nasal breathing, that's usually what I do when I'm on the ground, that helps get back into that parasympathetic state even more because it's much more efficient breath than when we mouth breathe. When we're mouth breathing, we're actually stimulating the sympathetic nervous system. So if you can nasal breathe, then that helps get you back into that parasympathetic state. That's such a great tip. Yeah, Um,
1: so do you, you know, we've talked about all these different things that we can do to support our digestive health, but are there any cues that you can think of that we should be on the lookout for that might be our body's way of telling us like something's not right here?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So if you're burping a lot, that's a huge sign that digestive digestion is off, um, often related to stomach acid deficiency. Um, another thing could be if you're yawning in between meals that's a huge indicator of insulin resistance um because we shouldn't be you know yawning all day every day um sometimes we get busy and that can happen but it shouldn't be an everyday thing um another thing would be brain fog or even after meals if you're feeling if you're not feeling satiated um is just another thing um and i actually use something called um the digestive check-in so it's I I like to see if people are getting that can often be because they're not getting the right carb to fat ratio that they're not having these, you know, um, long standing uh, or feeling satiated in between meals. Um, And then let's see. Yeah, your bowel movements. So if you have irregular bowel movements or they're just not pleasant, that's a huge indicator that your digestive system is not well. Um, But, yeah, those are probably the major ones like burping, yawning and just you know, not feeling satiated or feeling, you know, just not full. And then um, your your uh, bowel movement. So if you've ever heard of the Bristol stool chart, if you haven't, look it up. But you want to be at about number four on that stool chart. Anything else could be signs of irritable bowel or constipation. Um, and those are huge indicators of digestive dysfunction.
1: All right. And so at the end of the day, y'all, like Ashley said, digestion is like the key component it's one of the major 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 key components to your health and if you want to lose fat you want to build muscle you got to be healthy Mm -hmm. so we have to really focus on this stuff
0: yes yeah and you can do it but with little things you know like i said just chewing your food thoroughly eating beets when you eat a super fatty meal um you know, checking your stool every day, make sure it's, you know, it's on par. If not figuring out like what we can do to fix that, <laughs> you know, calling you or me, <laughs> you know. So Ashley, is there anything else that you feel like we left out or you need to add at all to this? Um Yeah. So I know it can seem a little complicated um, when we start talking about digestion. And a lot of people, a lot of times are like, oh, I don't really care. You know, I just want to like just want to eat these foods to get this result. And I totally understand. But if we, this is why I think if you, if you don't understand it it's, and you're having issues, it's really helpful to find a practitioner that can guide you through a, a protocol that will help you get better faster instead of troubleshooting your own things, you know, really reach out and I'm, I'm available. Um, and I have, if I can't help someone, I have a resource library that I will send them to if I feel like there's more that they could get benefit from. But If you're struggling with anything digestive wise or body comp wise and you just you can't get it because you've tried all these things and it's not working, like reach out to me. would love to help you um, and get you on track to feeling better because this component, the digestive component, is so big and I see it missed so much when it comes to body comp changes. Um, And it's it's honestly, again, like little things that someone could do that could be helpful for them. They just need the right teacher and practitioner to kind of show them the way. So. Help is out there if you need it. Don't hesitate.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much for being on, Ashley. And where, I know you said your Instagram before, but go ahead and repeat it for everybody or any other places where people can
0: find you so they can follow you and even work with you. Yes, yeah. So, yeah, Instagram is the best. You can message me anytime. Um It's going to be Ashley Knotts, N-T-P, so A-S-H-L-E-E-K-N-O-T-T-S-N-T-P, on instagram my i'm working on a website right now i'm revamping it so that's not up Uh, but that's instagram is the best place to reach me so reach out anytime and um, i'm going to have your
1: instagram in the show notes too so that'll be linked and when your website's ready you'll have to shoot that over to me so
0: i can link that as well i will and yeah and i have a few resources of all of the um things that i talked about today i have a few studies and stuff that i'll send you for those notes
1: Awesome. Well, thank you so much for being on, Ashley. Thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you guys got a ton out of this. And like she said, if you have any questions about any of the stuff, reach out to us. We're more than happy to walk you through. And, you know, if we don't have the answers, we can guide you in a direction where you can find them.
0: Yes. Absolutely.
1: Awesome. Thank you for,
0: thank you for being on. Thank you for having me. Bye. Awesome. Yeah. Bye.